Hello. Hello. And welcome to Planet Marzipan, the Fish and Marillion podcast. I'm Meza, and here's my mate, Craig Houston. Welcome everybody to Planet Marzipan. We're here in this episode to talk about the recent uh, reissue of Fish's 13th Star album. 13th Star, reissued by Fish through his website in a very nice sexy book edition uh, with CDs and Blu-ray. And we will be talking about that, some memories of the time, and also harking back to the vinyl edition as well. So... As usual, we'll start with a Wikipedia entry for 13th Star. So 13th Star is an album by Fish, released as a limited edition by a mail order in September 2007 and to retail in February 2008. It is his ninth solo studio album since he left Marillion in 1988 and the first since Field of Crows in 2004. It was released on Fish's own imprint, Chocolate Frog Records, and retail distribution was handled by Snapper Music. So, what's your memories of that time, Craig? Right? Can you remember that far back? Oh, it's it's dim and distant past, even though realistically it was only, what, 16 years ago? Only 16 years ago. Yeah. Uh, only 16 years ago. I f- remember, this is where I'm not going to be too critical, you know, for me, that Field of Crows is, is my least favourite Fish album. Yes. And coming coming on to this, I was really looking forward to it. I was, you know, the kind of rumour mill was it was a proper return to form. I don't know if that's really the, the kind of right kind of term for it. But I had real anticipation for uh, for the album and I, I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> No, it's a it's a really solid fish album, isn't it? You know the 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 albums leading up to this had their sort of peaks and troughs, and uh, but this is a pretty consistently solid album. I mean, it was a I think we'll probably talk about this, but it was a fairly traumatic time for him around the making of the album and very pu- public um, an announcement of a wedding, and then the announcement of not the wedding. Uh, yeah. To be fair, the, the the beauty of this release, or whether beauty is not necessarily the right term for it, is that it on the Blu-ray and in the sleeve notes there is uh, all right a one-sided version of the of the events leading up to uh, the 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 non-wedding. Well, that's all you ever and get the, on a pitch release, aren't you? You know, you know, she's had Heather. Heather is hardly likely to come on and say, "Well, here's here's what I think." You know, <laughs> actually, Derek, yeah, I'd like true. to correct you on that point. It's not going to happen, is it? It's not gonna happen. <laughs> He's very candid on the yeah. on the uh, on the 
on the Blu-ray in the box set. Should we talk about what's in the box before we talk about the Blu-ray? Yeah, um, if you want to get straight into the... Yeah, the box set that's just been reissued is three CDs and a Blu-ray. CD one has the Callum Malcolm 2023 remix of the album, which is absolutely stunning. It's really nice. It's really nice. I mean, to be fair, the original recording, there was nothing wrong with it. I would say no. that it was actually, a, as as it was, was a nicely recorded album beforehand, especially if you compare it to, again, Field of Crows and especially to Fellini Days. This, this, that, even in 2007, was a step up. And this has been given a really, really nice polish. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a much more layered album than those albums you've talked about. Some of those are more, it yeah. was veering into sort of straight ahead rock. And this has got some nice textures in it, loud, quiet sections. The one thing that, that there's not nothing wrong with the original mix, but when it got loud, it was quite, I mean, muddy is probably too harsh a word, but there was a, this wall of noise, which you don't get on the remix. I think the remix really still gives it that space on tracks like Manchmal and uh, Circle Line. It really opens up the space. And then the other tracks like uh, Miles de Besos, absolutely beautiful. The, the remix just opens all of that up. It's a cracking album. The music on this album is probably one of the the first real times where it was actually written for the changes in his voice, where everything was a lot deeper, you know, and kind of like you know brought down a couple of octaves. You know, it 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 suits it it suits where he was rather than trying to kind of reach to notes that he he just couldn't hit anymore. Yeah, over the years. I mean, Steve Vanstead's oh, yeah. done a cracking job with the the writing and the production work on the album. You know, it, it, those two together worked really, really well. Yeah, it's probably my is it my favorite Fish album. It's in my top two, I would say. It's so consistent throughout, and his other albums do tend to have peaks and troughs for me, um, with the exception probably of Vigil, which I like all the way through. Although I've got a bit of a soft spot for suits, so I've gone off on another tangent there. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about suits when we get to it, but it's more, yes. a lot of that is around the time, and it's the time that we met, and lots going on in in life as well. The new stuff in the box, as as you say, CD two's got demos and acoustic on. It starts with a really really nice Bob Harris BBC two session, which I think is the only thing that isn't on the streaming version. Uh, so there's a version of Ark of the yeah, Zoe 25 and 13th Star. They're, they're really nice. Yeah. And then there's demo of Milos de Besos, Zoe 25 from St. Mary's Church in 2010, demo of 13th Star, demo of Ark of the Curve and Circle Line, Dark Star, an unreleased track called It Ain't Easy, which is an instrumental piece. Uh, a Manchmal demo, Zoe 25, Micklegate demos. I think that's when it was called Micklegate. And Square Go yeah. demo from 2007. So lots of nice new stuff on there. Uh, CD3 is the live recordings. 
the bulk of which are from Nearfest, which is also on the Blu-ray as a concert. Um, but there are some tracks at the end. 13th Star from Amsterdam, Paraziso. Dark Star from Amsterdam. Circle Line, Square Gone, Manchmal from Rome. So, you know, they're, they're, they're tagged on the end. But it's a, again, it's a really nice live album. And then the Blu-ray has a surround mix of the the well an atmos mix and a 5.1 mix of the new 2023 remix and then the original 2000 mix is on there in stereo 2008 mix sorry is on there in stereo and then the video content is fish at near fest in 2008 that's the full concert video the 13th star documentary the search for the 13th star which is a brand new documentary it's incredibly detailed and as usual, Fish is really, really honest about And it. incredibly honest as well. Yeah, yeah. He's very honest about his thoughts and feelings at the time. He does wear his heart on his sleeve. He always has. And I think it kind of divides fans a bit. I I like it. I like I like that he tells us everything that he's feeling and thinking. Um, but I know some some fans get tired of it. He has I think we we we've joked that he has more cunning plans than Baldrick, but you know, yeah, he's, and he's also like a cross between unlucky Alf as well. Yeah, but he's the guy that told us about the proposed reunion tour with Marillion, isn't he? Back in the day, yeah, back in the day when they were going out on tour and um, came up with an idea of him basically doing the encores with them. Well, him doing a set, them doing a set, and then coming along together. Ah, that was that was that was that was something different because it's been there's been twice when there's been talk like that. There was, there was talk way back when of a of a gig where um, there would have been like you know like a festival kind of set with Marillion doing one set of the H material and him solo doing his material and then together for. Uh, uh, old school kind of pre ninety eight gig. But one was another time where Well it didn't come to anything, but I didn't come to anything. We wouldn't have known about it if he wasn't so honest in, in telling us this stuff. Yeah. And I he does, like he does get ahead of himself. He does, he does, yeah, absolutely. Back to the back to the documentary though, it talks in depth about meeting up with Heather Finley, falling in love with Heather Finley. I was actually at the Classic Rock Society Awards Night where they met and I saw them stood on the steps to the entrance to the Classic Rock Society chatting away, completely engrossed in each other. And I also, we're living in York. Micklegate means a lot to me. I used to regularly go and see Mostly Autumn in York in the pubs and clubs. So I'm aware of Heather as well. So there's a lot, a lot of local things that tie this album to me um which makes it extra special i just wish i'd known that fish was coming to the he mentions it in the blu-ray i wish i'd known that he was coming to the railway institute gig that christmas because he played lavender with uh sorry played kaylee with mostly autumn and i'd love to have seen that but uh, there you go well you haven't got a time machine i know <laughs> But there's also in-depth commentary on each of the tracks as well, isn't there? Their origins and how they came about it. Lots of interviews with Steve Vance, this. And again, when they get to, they talk about the album and how it was re- how it was received. 
then they talk about going out on tour, uh, bringing Chris Johnson into the band from from mostly autumn. Really interesting point for me. Fish originally wanted Liam Davison, who used to be in mostly autumn, to be in the band, um, but for various reasons that didn't happen. So that so Chris Johnson came into the band. And I think Fish says on the Blu-ray that he felt that brought the band, gave it a bit more, I don't know, a bit more of an exciting edge for him. It just sort of freshened the band up. And the, certainly the, the Nearfest Blu-ray that's on here is is really good. It's a great performance. Yeah, one of the things that I did notice on the Blu-ray um, in the documentary, which was a bit kind of eye-opening, was the fact that uh, Frank Usher wasn't a great fan of Steve Vantis. And there was a, a tension all the way through, which is which is a big shame. It's a big shame. Yeah, but Fish has a theory, so, doesn't he? So Fish's yeah. theory is that Ewan Vernal... Ewan Vernal? Was it Ewan Vernal? Have I got, no, it's Gavin Dickey. Keyboard player. No, no, Gavin Dickey. Gavin Dickey. When Steve... Because Steve and Fish fell out on the American tour... So then Fish brought Gavin Dickey in on bass, who was a mate of Frank's. And Frank liked that sort of vibe in the band because, you know, he's playing with his his mate. And then yeah. when Steve got involved again to to write the next album, then, then Fish, of course, said, well, Steve's back in the band because he's writing the music. He's going to play the bass on the album and tour. So then Gavin wasn't in the band anymore. So Frank kind of... He must have had other things that were upsetting him, but that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, and I think that's why he left. Again, it's a bit of a shame to see Fish... Well, is it a shame to see Fish talking about it? It's, it's good to see him talking about it, honestly, but it's upsetting that that key player like Frank is no longer with Fish. No, since he was a key member of the, the band, his solo band, since the since the vigil days. Yeah, yeah. Was he, he was in the Lockerbie gigs, wasn't he? Wasn't he part of the first lineup? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, right, right from the beginning. Yeah. Right from the beginning. But the, as usual, Fish is really honest in the, in the documentary. It's a fairly lengthy documentary. It's a more an hour and twenty, is it something like that? It's quite long. Yeah, it's quite long. It's quite long. But it's and also got the original. Well, it's good as yeah. You still got the two thousand and seven documentary on there as well. If you've not seen enough Thirteen Star by that point. <laughs> um, I mean, I must be honest. I've I've watched the new documentary, but I haven't gone back yet and watched the old one. I mean, I I, I had the special edition of Thirteen Star when it when it came back out and when it originally came out in two thousand and seven. Yeah, I had a bit of a dip in, and, and they've used sections of the original in the new one. If I'm if I'm if I'm correct, yes. Yeah, um, some of the some of the footage is certainly the bits when they were recording that's it, that are in the new documentary. I think came from the original documentary, but it's interesting to see him talk about the album with a bit of distance between it. So obviously the two thousand seven documentary was filmed when it was coming up, and, and now, everything was raw. Yeah, and now to see him talk about it from a more balanced perspective, I think is 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 really interesting. What do you think of the yeah. the the packaging and the sleeve? This is the the pack. The packaging is very very like Veltsberts, and it's kind of 
it's a, it's a, it's probably like a slight, it's a slight step up from the Warner's Marillion reissues. It's just got a slightly classier kind of feel. The fact that the book is contained within a box and it's very nicely manufactured. It, it feels but, more weighty. I th- is it a bigger book? I think it probably is, isn't it? It's not, I mean, the Marillion ones are 60 pages. I think it's more than that. They're not numbered, so it's difficult to say. There's a lot. I would say the, the booklet is at least 50% bigger than the Marillion ones. But... It's a really nice package. It's, just, it's a shame that the final box sets didn't work out, that he'd, he'd tried to pull together. They looked absolutely stunning. Yeah, they did. The ones that were on, the, the, he was sent, that he showed us on Fish on Friday looked really good. And I hope he does manage to work those out. They weren't cheap. But what is at the minute? Yeah. But um, what's, what's your views on the on the front cover then? Because he talks about the relevance of the star, doesn't he? And Well, this is the same, this is the same front cover that was on the limited edition back in 2007, isn't it? Yeah. And what do you think of it? It is what it is. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's that striking image, personally. I think the the thing that um, the thing that Mark Wilkinson did for the inside with the boat on is far better. I've I've got nothing against it. I've got nothing against the cover. That that I've got. I've I do got, like. This. I've got the original album here. I'm just holding it up to Craig. That inner sleeve is far better with the boat. Yes, on. it's. That should be on the front, really. But I know he's got his concept about seeing these on the... Did he not see them on the roof? Was it a cave or a building he'd seen them on the roof of? When he was on... It was, on a, it was, it was, it was on a ceiling. Yeah. yeah. When he was on holiday. Um, yeah. And that was... But the, the, art, the artwork itself is really nice. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do, I do like the... Yeah. The inner, the, the sleeve bought on which is actually in the artwork there's lots of photos there's the zoe 25 cover uh holiday snaps just general snaps and things like that uh no, it's a it's a, re- it's a really nice package it's have really you nice read package. through the text now yes yeah i read it when i got it it's a lot of it is uh material that's from the documentary and the only thing I would say with the sleeve notes is they are very uh, heavy on the the Heather story. And there's more information on the making of the album, on the documentary, than that actually is in the sleeve notes. Right. But that's just the way you wrote it. Yeah. But I think, I mean, that is the, that, that the, the Heather relationship affected the album from its inception, didn't it? it you know, a lot of things were written about it. And then I think Steve Vanstis says in the documentary that Fish was in a very dark place during the recording of the album. And he tells that story of uh, of um, of Heather leaving while they were recording, the, doing the first day recording the drums, just turning up with a van and taking all the stuff and, and leaving his house while they were trying to record the drums for the album. So it's, you know, it's throughout, it's throughout the, the, the conception and um, recording of the album, it, it kind of permeates everything, that, that relationship. Yeah, because the album was when, it was, when he was originally starting to write, it was supposed to be 
uh, he's even said in the document it was a very uplifting album. And then obviously with what happened, it 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 changed and it kind of grew darker and kind of more oppressive. Yeah. What are you? Have you got any memories but, of gigs around that time? There was a, a gig in Edinburgh, uh, which was around about launch time for the gig. And I remember going up there with uh, Mr. Mark Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, we have a, having a good old time. And my standout memory from that gig is um, Fish singing uh, Vigil and doing his usual uh, walk through the crowd. And he came right face to face to Mark Kennedy. <laughs> Mark was just like, like rabbit in the headlights. <laughs> Did he sing? Did I'll never Mark forget. Sing? Did Mark what? Sorry, Mark sing. Did he not put the no, mic? In? No, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like that. But um, yeah, and there was. Um, I'm trying to remember how many gigs we did on that tour. I remember seeing him at the Customs House in South Shields. Yeah. And um, was there with the usual suspects. And um, Jackie, my youngest niece, yeah. it was her first fish gig. And she was actually sitting on the front row because we got really good, it t- got really good tickets. And this was a seated gig, even though everybody stood. And he was actually having some banter from the stage to Jackie with it being her first gig and she and saying that he would look after her. He was, you know, being Uncle Fish, so he'd look out for her. <laughs> it was really funny. Can't do that now. It was really funny. Um the Yeah. Well, it wasn't it wasn't in a creepy way in the slightest. The hobble on the cobbles was around this time, wasn't it? When uh Marillion got well, I should say when Ian, Pete, Rothers, and Mad Jack got back together with Fish to do Market Square Heroes. That was 2007, wasn't it? Was it 2007 or was it 2008? 2007. Mm. Yeah, because that was the that was part of the uh, Clutching at Stars, which was that that was the show, the Clutching at Stars, where he kind of was playing the Clutching at Straws material with the uh, 13th Star material. It was a great show that. But Hobble on the Cobbles. Um, yeah, that was a strange day because we were both down there for that, weren't we? Well, yeah, we got this is massive name drop here. We got invited to uh, Ian and Lucy's, didn't we, for a barbecue? Um, yeah, there was us two again, name dropping the biggest name, though, Mr. Mark Kennedy again. <laughs> yeah, we got invited to Ian and Lucy's for a barbecue, and they, it was lovely just chatting with Ian and Lucy and, and Ian cooking burgers and stuff. and. And then we all jumped in the car, went into Aylesbury Centre, and uh, we, you know, lots of everybody seemed to know what was going on. Everybody, it was the worst kept secret, wasn't it? Everybody knew it, it was, was definitely happen. the worst kept secret. I'd asked Ian in the car, I think, on the way there, "Have you had a rehearsal?" He said, "No, we'll just busk it." So, so they did, um, and they did. <laughs> came on, and I'm. I, it was great to see. I'm really glad they didn't record it because it wasn't the most together version of uh, Market Square as I've ever heard. No, but you know there was a there was a lot of men of a certain age were uh, kind of wiping oh, away a, a slight tear. I stu- I think I stubbed my toe as they as they started to play that probably for about five minutes. Yeah, and uh, that was my excuse. Um, 
Yeah, it was a really good day. Great atmosphere in the square there. And to see it in Aylesbury as well was was quite special, wasn't it? Definitely was. Um, I remember a gig towards the end of in the 2008 tour where he played at York Opera House. So it was quite unusual to see him in a venue of that sort of style. There were people sat up in the boxes and everything. Um, and obviously, bearing in mind what had happened with Heather, it was very strange for him to be playing York just a year later at the end of the tour of the album of their of their breakup. And uh, I have very strong memories of certain members of Mostly Autumn being there. Not Heather, I hasten to add, but uh, that was a good gig. But that was just before he had his surgery, so his voice was a little bit rough and ready, shall we say. Yeah, the surgery part, um, it, that was a very dark time for him into like 2008 and 2009, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, he went through a fair old couple of years. I hope he looks back on the album in a positive way, but I don't know whether he does or not. I think he will with the sales of this. <laughs> Ka-ching. So you being the audiophile out of the two of us, uh, on the Blu-ray, obviously, it's got the uh, Atmos mix and the uh, uh, Dolby 5.1. Now, I know you don't have Atmos in the house, do you? No, I, you know, 5.1, I'd love an Atmos setup, but I can't afford all them speakers. And I don't think Leslie, my missus, would appreciate all those speakers all over the, the living room either. But the 5.1 mix in this is 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 wonderful. It's It really opens the album up, as we talked about earlier, the 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 sort of more dense tracks where everything gets a bit louder uh, are really really opened up nicely. It's you can really hear the in- instrumentation much clearer. Um, it's with it not being such an old album, I'm not. I don't find that I'm discovering things that were mixed further down in the mix, if you see what I mean. We talked about and misplaced about things that were hidden away that I was suddenly hearing, but I don't really get that from this album. You just get that feeling of space and and actually giving the music room to breathe. Avril and Andy have done a fantastic job on these remixes on this album. There is a slight correction on on both on the stereo disc and on the surround mix on Miles de Besos, where the intro to the track on the original CD was on the end of Square Go, but they've actually made it put it back where it needs to be at the beginning of Miles de Besos. It's just, it's a really delicate, almost like a ringtone of the of the melody of Miles de Besos. Um, but it's back where it should be at the beginning of that track now. But yeah, it's uh, highly recommended for the surround. And and for again, as with the last pod we did, the surround and the documentary more than more than justify the price of entry on this for me. And then your favourite bit. Oh, it's my favourite bit, just for the record. <laughs> Uh, in a bit on this one because obviously the big boxes didn't come out for 13th Star. I think Fish is still planning it. Um, 
I have to say a huge thank you to Nathan Page, who at the Leicester weekend this year gave me his copy of 13th Star on vinyl, um, which I didn't have on vinyl because I wasn't collecting vinyl when it came out. So it's really nice of Nathan to to donate that to uh, the Meza charity. Um, and it sounds wonderful. It really does. It's uh, it's the albums across three sides of vinyl. And then the fourth side has some of the live tracks that are actually on the, on the third bonus disc in the box. It's got Circle Line recorded live in Rome and Dark Star and 13 Star recorded in Amsterdam uh in in 2008 so um it's you know it's got the the wonderful mark wilkinson sleeve picture in the middle on a double double uh, gatefold and the cover is the one we've come to know and love with the starfish and the fish logo on it but yes if we do if fish does get the nice boxes pulled together again we'll revisit this album and talk about it again but that's my slight cheating just for the record for this episode so back to 2007 he released a single didn't he in fact there was there was a two singles from the album two i think yeah zoe 25 is single what else could arc and do zoe 25 and arc of the curve arc of a curve that's right yeah yeah have you got them yes yes i have you got Mandy. You what? You got them handy? I haven't, no. Uh, the only problem with this setup is all my my Meridian scene is behind me. <laughs> I can't really twist round. Oh, God. Yeah. It's Look all right. That. Look at that. Still in its cellophane with my HMV order sticker on it is my copy of Zoe 25. I've what, never... was the what was the B-size of the thing well, they're, they're two of the tracks I've just talked about, they're on the vinyl. So they're Dark Star and 13 Star live in Amsterdam. So he's, he's used them a lot because they're, they're on the, uh, on the CD3 of the live recording. So he must be fond of them. Yeah. And then, ta-da! Arc of a Curve, which has just got the single edit and the album edit version on it. The minimalist, minimalist release. Yeah, true CD singles, but yeah. Do you remember the days of buying CD singles? I do, I do. Seven inches and 12 inches and picture discs and... They're both, they're both sealed. <laughs> I've never opened them. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. They've never graced the CD player once. They haven't, they haven't. <laughs> Pristine. Oh dear. Pristine. I think this album was kind of fish on the resurgence it's uh it's it's one of the strongest albums of his career for me uh and it's a really good i've got some really good memories of the gigs and the time and uh it's great to see it out as a new edition you know as a as a reissue sounding better than it ever has yeah it's it's come at a good time and loved the album loved the tour got good memories from back in uh Back in 2007, and uh, I'll be spinning this again, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, we'd be really interested to hear your views on the pod and also on this edition of 13 Star. Um, so please 
email us at planetmarzipanpodcast at gmail.com. Please, no naked pictures. Absolutely. And it's goodbye from me. And it's good night from him. Thanks for listening, guys and girls. Um, we'll be back soon. Take care. Stay alive. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Planet Marzipan Podcast. Please like and subscribe from whichever platform you get your podcasts from. You can contact us at planetmarzipanpodcast at gmail.com and check out marillion.com, fishmusic.scot or fishmusic.eu for all the good stuff.